Praise God. I know that's right. No matter how hard it gets. Thanks for calling Hope we for Maintenance. We have to finish it. There's yeah, Obi, I'll say hello to the people. What's up, guys? Obi's calling in because he refuses to come home. <laughs> oh, wait. Wait. What? Yeah. Hold on. Hold on what? Wait. What? We starting? Yeah. yeah. We're here. Oh, I didn't hear. I can't hear. Oh, no. Interesting. Okay, oh, because I have the headphones on. You can hear now? No, I can hear you clearly now. I think I'm going to miss the cue. Oh, What's okay. up, guys? Oh, okay. From, from L.A. I've been in L.A. for two and a half weeks. Yeah. But, you know. I'm coming. I'm coming. What's the no lady on the meme say? Is the elephant heavy? I'm coming back, baby. <laughs> okay. You ever seen that video? No, okay. no, I have not. Got How it. is okay. seven? Where is seven? I don't like that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting okay. crazy in here. Okay. <laughs> now we just started. But that um, is pressing him about his child. You handle your child how you need to handle your child. He's with he's with his grandparents. Thank you very much. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. <laughs> it's giving not in my hair currently. Is where seven is. <sighs> okay. Okay. All right. So what maintenance check? Maintenance check. Um, I was giving myself a maintenance check as I sip this tea because it is really the move for today. It is very good tea. Mm-hmm. It's helping me mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I'm jealous. So maintenance check, guys. How have you been feeling? What's been on your mind? Are y'all okay? I am not. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Um, the tea is helping me because my cycle. Let me. T- I'll tell y'all that in a second. But my cycle has been taking me down, and mm-hmm. I did not know that the older that you get, your cycle worsens. Um, and my cramps are just like whooping my ass. They're like taking me to, to task every like first two days of my cycle. And so mm. I had to sit up in my room. <laughs> I would feel like a nineties playlist all day. Mm. Um, and I was today years old when Monica came on the car with, uh, don't take it personal. That song is about a girl on her period. Yes. Th- figure that out today. Very That's insane. Much. Let me pull up mm. the lyrics. Just one of those days. Yeah. That where I would like to be all alone. Don't think I'm treating you wrong. Don't take it personal. It's mm-hmm. one of them days. What? I'm angry inside. That a girl goes through that I'm angry inside mm-hmm. and I don't want to take I it out don't on you. Wanna, but it could go there. It could go there. So just so, leave me alone. And don't take it personal, baby. She didn't say that part, but. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So shout out to Monica. Shout um, out to Monica. Yeah. <laughs> what about um you, OVO? How's life treating you in LA? Is it hot? Is it sunshine, palm trees, celebrities? Um, it has its ebbs and flows of all of that. Mm. Um, I'm good. I had a moment uh the other day. I think of like gratefulness, maybe, but it was coupled with fear. Mm-hmm. And so I think I've been like kind of like ironing out what that looks like for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm well, all all things considered, but I think I've just had a second of like life's changing. Am I ready for the next change? Mm-hmm. Yes, you are. Be quiet. Mm-hmm. No, you're not. Yes, you are. That kind of thing. You don't mm-hmm. have that like internal conversation. And then I chose to go have a drink or two and then let it go. Mm-hmm. But that was that was kind of where I was in, in the world at that time. But I think the ebbs and flows right now of me is just, like, constantly in this space of, like, 
silence the silence your inner whatever and like navigate your inner whatever mm. so yeah i feel that yeah. so guys i'm doing like a thing okay so um okay. i'm doing a mindfulness a seven days of mindfulness thing Ooh. because i too have that same inner battle of like you haven't done anything today what are you ever gonna be <laughs> and then like you've done everything today you know like that um that little devil angel shoulder battle thing. Um, yeah. So my seven days of mindfulness require me to listen to mindfulness music. There's a playlist on Apple for anybody who wants to get into that too. And um, literally um, blank out all my thoughts. Mm. So right now I'm working on beginner's mind and letting go. So mm. just really just dumping every single thing. And not I was crying in the sauna on day one. Wow. In an actual sauna? Yes. Mm. I went to the gym. Mm. Mm -hmm. And at the end of... Yes, yes. Because this summer, snitched. But, um, yeah, I was sitting in the sauna at the end of my workout. I played, you know, my little playlist. And I'm sitting there and I'm just dumping out all the thoughts and all the things. And I'm like, oh, where did you come from? Like, Mm. the saddest thoughts, the saddest things. Um, And I got in my car, sat down, and I had a good, ugly cry Mm. for a good... um, I want to say maybe like 10 minutes uh, mixed with a prayer. Mm. And I went, got me a coffee at Starbucks, drove on home, and had the best Monday ever. Mm. So, yeah. I mm. That sounds amazing. I love that for you. Thank you. Me too. Really and shout out to the people who came on live last week. Yeah. Can we talk about that? That was for two seconds. That was yes. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that was a good time. I appreciate that. Yeah. It was good to meet our community a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That yeah. was soul food, for real. It was. Mm-hmm. I love our conversations a lot. Um, random turn, but I forgot that there was something when I had the light bulb about Monica that I wanted to bring to this space because I wasn't today years old when I discovered this, but mm-hmm. maybe in the past year or two, whenever I have heard, what's the name of the song? If Only For One Night by Luther mm-hmm. Vandross, I can mm-hmm. never not hear it as a closeted song. And it is heartbreaking to hear. Like, it used to be, like, very sensual for me. But now, like, listening to it, it feels like a love letter. And it feels, like, just heartbreaking to listen to. And I just wondered if you guys hear it that way. I mean, maybe I should go with the lyrics. I was about to say, I have to go again? Yeah, but, like, no. Like, literally, y'all going to hear me typing. I didn't hear it that way until you said that, and now I'm not going to be able to unhear it. Hold on. Here we go. Where are the lyrics? Okay. Oh, I'm about to cry just right now. <laughs> Those let me hold you tight. I'm not going to sing it. I'm not OBO. Uh. If only for one night. Let me keep you near to ease away your fear. It would be so nice if only for one night. Mm. Next lines. I won't tell a soul. No one has to know if you want to be totally discreet. I'll be at your side if only one for a night. Mm. And I mean, you can listen to the whole thing and it and it 100% gives that. There's one that says, like when he gets to the song, um, I'm asking, let me take you home to keep you safe and warm till the early dawn warms up to the sun. It would be so nice if only for one night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That 
That yeah. makes me sad. It does make me sad, and I feel like it's connected to our topic for the day a little bit. Um, people just not being able to live their lives, but not too much, not too early. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's simmer it on down because we still got some little sub things to get yeah, into for sure. before we... Let's see what the niggas online talking about today. Oh. Niggas on... Yeah. You had... Why would y'all leave me hanging like that? That is... <laughs> we didn't I make a decision that, that we... solo moment. I thought when y'all bring it up, we're supposed to come in and second mm. someone says it. Maybe next time. Okay. We'll get it together eventually. <laughs> we'll I was definitely going to leave you on the ledge. I this haven't forgiven you. This is embarrassing. No. This is Thank you. Thank you. We've yet to apply the song <laughs> to the actual... The the little ditty to the actual podcast. So, you mm-hmm. know, for now, it's just going to live in our hearts. And whenever one of us chooses to share it. Praise God. Yeah, I'm with mm-hmm. it. Okay. okay. I hope y'all said it at home. <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to get into this topic with you guys today. Because um, as content creators, I feel like this change on social media hit us a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the paid verification and AI integration... Um, I'll break down AI a little bit in a second, but just the fact that we have like Twitter blue, Instagram has meta verified. You can now pay to be a verified platform on these social media, um, accounts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before I get into it, when y'all first heard about that, what were your thoughts? I was pissed. Me personally. Cause y'all, y'all know how long it took for me to get verified. Um, and when you think about what it takes to be verified, not even, oh, because on TikTok, it just takes the app recognizing you as a creator that is being shared widely and engaged with widely. Like t- TikTok will verify you itself. Instagram don't do that. And with all the engagement that I had with all of the things I was doing in the stratosphere, the things that you could find about me online, it refused to verify me. And... On Instagram, you do have to go through a verification application process where you submit the type of articles that they have. You put in every type of name that you would go by. And it doesn't even give you an opportunity to check up on the status of your application. It will send you a notification that says your your application for verification was not approved at this time. But I've literally never seen one because people like and comment and share my content all the time. And so I'll literally never see a thing like that. So it'll be months before it'll accept my application again for me to know that my application was declined. Mm -hmm. And it literally took, it literally took me having been in partnership, like paid partnership with Instagram and Meta, having done things with Instagram and Facebook's black creators programs and not even be able to use my communications, my connections there to get verified, but for a mentor of mine to tap her friend somewhere and she said, put in your application again. And like two days later, it was verified. So like, praise God, but I had to do all that work. And it also sucked as a black creator to have to work so hard to get verified. And also as a black creator who is producing content that is meaningful. And I don't mean that to be derogatory towards anybody else's hustle. But when I am, sh- when I am doing research, when I am putting in work, when I am doing content that is servicing a community... And it is circulating just as popularly as these other folks. I'm just like, systemic oppression is that you play like everywhere. Like you, you've infiltrated all the things, even the algorithms. So don't talk to me about algorithms not being racist. But yeah, mm-hmm. I was pissed. In a yeah. nutshell. What you? What was your thought, Frank? 
I mean, I never even got to be verified, so praise God. Do you care anymore <laughs> about being verified now? I never cared any, at all. I never even applied for it. Um, yeah. I think, but I think, but I can, no, but no, but I can see it being like, this is something that once meant something and it kind of seems that that meaning is stripped, right? Like now it's something you can buy. Mm-hmm. And I think there is something to be said because people were, you know, kind of a status symbol. It was kind of like an, an affirmation a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, like I'm, I'm being credited for the work that I'm doing essentially, mm-hmm. right? And I think mm-hmm. that they, it kind of held that thing. I have a blue check, not because I'm able to grade people who don't, but because I'm doing good work and, mm-hmm. and I'm making, I'm making acknowledged for that. But now mm-hmm. it's kind of like, you know, I have 14 and nine a month. And yeah. I can see how someone could, <laughs> you know, I, now I can see how someone could very well be like, dang, it's kind of like taking the, all the things out of it. Cause again, anybody can get one now. So yeah, I can see that being a thing. I think it does to change the market and how influencers are able to be in network with one another and make money. Um, because that verification symbol was an affirmation. Yes. But it also, it also helped you do business on the app. It also helped you know that you were in communication with other verified people who wanted to do different partnerships and collaborations with you. It also made you stick out when you were reaching out to do, do collaborations with other people um, and also helped to raise that price point on your content. So, but now that everybody can get it, who knows? And I mean, I haven't been, I thought that they were going to, I thought that that verification meant they were going to start charging everyone who had one and i was just gonna to have to lose it but i ain't got no message that said all right girl cough up your 14.99 so i don't even know how you differentiate between the people who are paying for it and the people who just who and not even just got verified but who are verified creators and contributors to creative whatever by merit and not by price mm-hmm. not can by subscription get, can you still get it through merit like are you able to like no. Or it's, I don't know. Oh. No? Mm-mm. That's insane. Oh. Yeah, no. Um, I mean, when they said they were taking it away, I was like, I would love for y'all to try to take Beyonce's booty <laughs> away and ask this woman for $15. I would love to see it. I would pay to see that. Um, but the issue is here, um, it's a credibility factor. Mm-hmm. So just like mm-hmm. what you said about the fact that how do you differentiate between people who have earned by merit versus people who have purchased this, you don't. And the issue with that becomes um, this is affecting your relationships. It's affecting your politics. It's mm-hmm. affecting your businesses. Um, we have to remember that, yeah, there are content creators that are just creating just to create, but there are content creators whose livelihoods depend on um, their platforms. It, it depends on their analytics. It depends on, uh-uh, and you literally told me to turn off my notifications. Dang, it was you. Where's the OVO? Yeah, no, Okay. All right. Uh, not the eyebrow raise. But yes, um, you know, it reminds me of like when people started paying for followers, right? Mm. There was a time where you had to work tirelessly. You had to I remember when B Simone was coming up. Um, she had actually reached out to me. Um, and a bunch of other people, it was a part of her marketing strategy to be like, Hey girl, love your page, love what you're doing. Would you mind, um, doing a video with the song that I just dropped, blah, blah, blah. Like, and you had people that were investing in marketers, investing in teams, investing in people to help them to push these strategies out so that they could grow their, um, their audience Mm -hmm. and so that they could uh, expand their reach. And then one day after you're hitting these hundred thousand marks, you're hitting the 500 K and all of that from like get it out the mud work people are buying followers 
mm-hmm. you know, and then it, it really does, it crushes the spirit of some people that are like, what? So now this thing to show like, look at how many people I got to look at my thing um, doesn't even matter anymore. And then what happens is that the companies who have these budgets and are looking for these people are now like, well, people buying followers, that doesn't prove to me that you're worth this amount of money. So now they're throwing another variable in the mix. The so, engagement. Yeah, exactly. And so it just like, it makes a very hard job already harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the problem that I had with it. But I want to break down how this is a um, topic that relates to AI and how this is affecting us um, as a society. So AI integration is a very big thing right now. We have things like ChatGPT um, and a bunch of other tools that allow you to ask questions and get real answers. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard of Snapchat. Snapchat has a tool on there that people are literally becoming best friends with where you can type in a question like, should I break up with my boyfriend? He's been blah, blah, blah. And it really gives you a detailed answer. Oh, no. um, it almost feels personal to you. It's, it's really wild and scary. But AI is here. Um, it's important that you learn it. It's important that you understand how to use it um, because there are good benefits. But here's the scary thing. People are using AI right now to conduct scams and mm-hmm. to also um, mimic the voices of real people and create works with those um, replic- replications, replicas. Replicas. Um, replicas, okay. Imitations. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is an AI Drake right now, for example. Oh, my gosh. And the record label has sent out, you know, cease and desist after cease and desist. But when you can't even track who's starting this stuff, how it's, it, it becomes an unfair game. So intellectual property, um, the loss to that is going to change. Like, it's a, a whole absolute mess right now. So, um, and have you guys heard any of the AI Drake songs? Cause... No, I'm a little bit too old in my soul for that. Um, <laughs> to care. But... Cam, we had Cam Kirk on the Let Out. If you haven't seen that episode, it's one of the best episodes of Let Out we've ever had. Mm-hmm. He actually gave a lot of cool context to that because when I first started hearing about AI, I didn't hear the songs, but I knew there was like a fake, like, was it, who is that man? Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> I know who that is. Don't, don't baby. Kendrick Lamar and Lil Wayne's song. I think there was a fake one. Mm-hmm. So I was seeing that there was talk of music being made with the likenesses of these people's voices and this really hurting the music industry and I just see AI as such an unfair tool it's going to strip a lot of people of their jobs but also it's going to make a lot of these things murky and and maybe again it's the old school in me but I don't think it should exist I know chat GBT, GPT has some amazing tools like one thing I've been needing on my side of social production, Sim knows very well, is people to chop up all these videos that we're making to push mm-hmm. them out consistently. ChatGPT can do that for you. It can apparently put together captions. It can, what else can it do? It can come up with business plans and mm-hmm. ideas and marketing mm-hmm. strategies and all of these things I think are useful and I think should be used to enhance human beings in their roles but knowing the capitalistic society that we live in if we don't have to pay people to do it we will pay less people to do it so i don't know i'm not i'm not really on the ai train i'm not as me personally not big on it before i share my thoughts you you don't care (laughs) okay (laughs) 
I was going to say the other part, too. Um, there was a gentleman on Instagram that spoke about his scare is not about, okay, people are making other people's music, whatever. There's ways for us to differentiate what's real and what's not. But he was afraid because his stance is that someone could imitate his voice, call mm-hmm. his daughter, and say something like, hey, um, I'm outside, come you know, meet me here, or I need you to, you know? Yeah. Um, there's yeah, also sure. people who are losing thousands of dollars right now. There was something on Instagram about um, a young man they imitated his voice called his sister and said that he was in a car accident um and something about him being in jail and like this whole corroborated story that almost led them to give this person like thousands of dollars Mm. and especially with older people who wouldn't even think is this a robot is this ai like you know they're really defenseless against these things so it is something to um just be on the lookout about mm-hmm. especially as content creators because we put out content all the time with our voices we put out information about ourselves um and ai technologies can be using that to build profiles yeah i know yeah i know there are ways to definitely differentiate what music is real and what music isn't um but i had the opportunity to do some work with jasmine Mans a couple weeks ago and she was talking about how she was talking to her jet chat gbt GPT mm-hmm. as well and out of curiosity she just asked it to write a poem like Jasmine Mans to see what it would come up with and she said it was some bullshit I okay. mean you know Ooh. it was just it just rhymed it didn't necessarily have her essence to it and I feel like who I was going to say I feel like technology could never imitate true artistic organic talent and when I say organic I mean has living organisms and cells put together to make a human being but how I also know chat GPT works is the more you talk to it the more it works the more it can figure things out so I don't know I just feel like it's a slippery slope and I need to get up out of here we talk about banning TikTok these are things that can actually hurt people or like put like heavy stipulations on how it can be used because I feel like there are a lot of things that exist that can hurt people like I just saw a TikTok that explained that the leak from the Pentagon with some people on damn, on what is it called, a Discord from Minecraft. And mm-hmm. he was just trying to flex about what he had access to. Mm-hmm. But so, yeah, there are so many things that are at our disposal that can be harmful. We just need to go ahead and clink, clink, put them, put them bars on it. Come on, clink, clink. Yeah. yeah. The last thing that I want to share about it, because I think this is also important to our audience. There are people who are who could possibly be affected by this. So Meta has actually, um, they have a plan called the Year of Efficiency, is what mm-hmm. Mark Zuckerberg is calling it. Um, they are on schedule to lay off 10,000 people um, so that they can replace those jobs with you know AI technology. And IBM is replacing 7,800 jobs. So right now they sound like jobs, but these are people, moms Mm -hmm. and dads, um, business owners. These are also people with what we would consider in society good jobs, right? Like we're not just Mm -hmm. talking about, um, and I don't want to name any jobs because every job is essential. But we are thinking about people who have degrees or they have certificates or they've been working for companies for five, six, seven years. Um, They've been a part of some of the foundations that have even built 
these technologies. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, here goes the severance, here goes a little bit of unemployment, good luck. And then with more and more tech companies using these strategies, um, it's going to be harder and harder to get a job or to feel like you have job security. So <laughs> what yeah, do we do? That's, you know? that's a valid point. That's a valid point. That's valid. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and turn it because I know that was dark. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and brighten us up before we talk about something even darker. Oh. <laughs> Kylie. Kylie Jenner says she wished she never touched anything on her face to begin with. She asked her sisters if the beauty standards they've set are problematic. I just want y'all raw thoughts on that. Welcome to the club, girl. I don't, we've been, (laughs) we've been on that time. We've been saying that. Welcome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know how deep you are into the Kardashian saga. Mm Mm-hmm. Are you familiar no, not, or no? I, mean, I know who they are. I don't watch. I don't watch the show. I think when I read it in the notes, I was thinking about how beauty standards change, mm-hmm. right? And so I was thinking about how there's probably a lot of people who wouldn't do certain or wouldn't take certain beauty chances or wouldn't do redo certain beauty moments in their life. I think it just gets a little muddy when we add surgery and we add like things that are a little more permanent to the, to the pot. Because mm-hmm. I was thinking about like makeup trends, right? Eyebrows were a lot thinner in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Now like, mm-hmm. they're a lot thicker now. Or glam was a lot more natural in this state. Now it's a lot mm-hmm. more whatever. Body composition. I think about who we thought had like, dang, she got a big old body back in the 90s movies versus what we say, dang, it's a big old body now. You know, mm-hmm. like, even, I, I, you know, it was on Twitter recently. Maybe not that recent. But how like J Lo had this big old butt in our mm-hmm. eyes growing up, right? And mm-hmm. in comparison to what big old butt is now, J Lo is almost that butt ain't doing nothing. But mm-hmm. that's, you know, but I, so I, so a part of me was like, I mean, it's normal, I think, for you to think that maybe what you, you know, beauty wise thought was everything seven, eight years ago may not still be consistent with today. But I was thinking, like, what does that then say for people who are pro surgery or pro like augmentation energy? Like, what is this? Like, what is this saying about, is there any pointed uh, ideals that should be taken away as it relates to, like, fi- augmenting your body, like, like changing your physical body? You know what I mean? Like, should we mm-hmm. be thinking about how what it means to make a permanent decision? I think the key word here is making permanent decisions about trendy things. Fair. Because I've been talking to Sam about this one. It's not even surgery, but this one thing that I want to do. Um, <laughs> it's oh, one thing that I want to do just for me personally. Oh, well, now she would like to do it as well because it, it could benefit <laughs> her mommy boobs. Um, but that's for like what I want my personal body to look like. And I don't necessarily want to change my body. And I even was thinking about, I think right at the top of the pandemic, I wanted to get thick because I've always been such a skinny girl and I felt insecure about my lack of curves and you know, I don't know if it's the pandemic or what, but my grown woman body is settling in nice. And I'm just like, wow, thankfully I didn't have resource to things. I don't think I've ever would have been pro-surgery because unfortunately I've never seen a BBL that looks good. I'm lying. Whoever did scissor stuff must be one in a million. Talk One in a kind. It. Because the BBLs. is BBLing. 
do be looking crazy, but I just thought SZA put on weight, like, in all the right ways. But mm-hmm. I'll just say, a lot of people, even people with money, unfortunately, don't have access to people who are augmenting their bodies in ways that will grow with them naturally. Like, once you start cutting, you have to keep cutting mm-hmm. to maintain the look. And unfortunately, you start sacrificing a lot of who you naturally are. Like, black, well, that's not her name anymore. Angela doesn't look how Angela once looked, but I do think she made a t- decision to do the switch and start removing things at a time where she could preserve like some natural beauty. And not everybody has the opportunity to do that. And I think about, I just saw one of those memes and it wasn't a meme as in making fun of him, but a side by side of Michael Jackson before any surgery and then after surgery. And had he known that his black features would have been appreciated by people outside of his inner circle, in the coming years, like who knows what could have become of his entire life, not just his looks, but ways he could have valued, valued himself um, yeah. and just lived a healthier lifestyle. So I think the key is just recognizing what's trendy and the, unfortunately beyond, beyond building their beauty standards off the backs of black women, the Jenner Kardashian sisters, well, I'll just say the Kardashians because the Jenners, ain't do too too much besides Kylie but they built trends with their beauty standards and then because of their access and money were able to renege on it like I'm not I wasn't gonna forgive Kim in the beginning for appropriating black women's bodies and I'm 100% not giving forgiving her now that she was now that she left her black husband just like well I'm done with the black thing and I'm gonna take out my um whatever the silicone in my butt I'm gonna take out whatever's in my boobs I'm gonna redo my hair like she just washed off her blackness and mm. whatever y'all know i got feelings about that <laughs> <laughs> well somebody said and i think this is an interesting um point of view francis ray lol says am i the only one who feels like kylie jenner actually isn't responsible for setting beauty standards because she was 16 years old allowed mm. to undergo life altering surgeries without a developed frontal lobe after being bullied globally for her looks mm. And I think that this is an important point um, because as somebody that did binge Keeping Up With The Kardashians when it first came out, um, it is almost unrealistic to think that someone wouldn't be affected by being on camera constantly, Mm. um, not having a say in being in the public eye in that way. Um, We even see Kendall... A lot of times, like, if you've watched that series, like, not wanting to be on camera, Mm -hmm. purposely removing herself from family events and things because of how overwhelming it can be. And so I think it makes sense. You know, you have a daughter and you're watching her grow up. Like, I even, having my daughter, like, the other day I took out my hair and it was really curly. And I could see the way that her eyes lit up when she was, like, touching my hair and things like that versus when I have a wig in or my hair is completely straight because there's that moment of like oh mommy you look like me even if she can't fully conceptualize that yet so um i can understand her looking at her daughter and sometimes feeling like there's not a similarity really or sometimes feeling you mm. know um like mm. do does she notice the difference and wanting her mm. to fully feel beautiful in herself and in her features and not wanting her to feel like oh, well, I have to change this because mommy changed that. There's a little bit of guilt there. So um, Mm. I can agree with that point, you know, 
you don't even know who you are or what you want to do, but you're seeing all you're seeing that it's normalized in the home. So you make decisions that even if you would have still gone with augmentation, maybe you wouldn't have gone with that particular augmentation. Mm. So I do feel some uh, empathy for her there. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think all that makes sense. I think it's I think it's interesting when we're thinking about. Like, I think you brought a really interesting point about the whole mom and, like, the resemblance and all the things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I think it's honestly, to me, the whole family looks different. Everybody looks different than the next in my opinion. Everybody, I don't, I don't know who's who. Like, everybody here. Like some, <laughs> let me say they all are different in my opinion, you know? But I think because everybody wants a different surgeon. You know what I'm saying? Whatever, no. but, I think, but I think it's like, and that's not like me being shady for us, me being like, I guess I'm thinking about this from a lens of also, and I'm going all over the place in this moment, but People often do this with my tattoos, right? What are you going to do when you're 70 or when you're 60 and your body is all wrinkled up? Am I going to care? I don't know. But we'll see what happens. Right? <laughs> and so I, but I think about, like, I mean, you know, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, your body's going to shift. Like, I think this mm-hmm. also may be a precursor to a conversation about beauty in general. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, are we, putting, are we putting too much on it? Like, are we putting so much of our... And to me, that family has put a lot of energy into what beauty means mm. for our existence. Yeah. And I think like, what do we then say about it being more to offer, you having more to offer than just the way that you look, whether it's a trendy look or not. And I think what she's probably realizing now is that now I have a daughter, I don't want her to experience the same insecurities that I once experienced mm. that drove me to do these things. And you can't protect everybody from everything, but I think she maybe have had an awakening like, damn, I have a daughter. And I want her to feel beautiful in her natural state in ways that I didn't for whatever reason. But, you know, no shade with it, no shade with it. But this is the first generation of the aunties and uncles that we're going to see who actually, like, you know, when I think about, like, my parents' parents, right? They weren't getting tatted up. They weren't doing risky things they weren't even in their younger life they were very plain and I'm speaking in you know from the perspective of my family like they weren't turned up you know so this is like one of the first generations where it's like we're seeing these people who have alternate lifestyles or make more choices that are similar to ours like what are they gonna look like when they get old Hmm. and it's not bad for real like I'm not seeing a lot of people that are just like wrinkling away at 60 or even at 70, like there's people who are choosing lifestyles that are much healthier. Um, a lot of them are still in the gym, still active, um, or they're undergoing either augmentation or just beauty services that allow them to still look, you know, rejuvenated and youthful. So we're not, I, I don't see me ever wearing a knitted sweater and a long skirt mm-hmm. just because I'm 60. Like, I had that conversation. I think I was in the doctor's office and I had that conversation. I don't know, we were all just in the room talking about sex and sexual appetites at different ages. And I was like, wow, I love this and I love this experience because I was raised, not even told this, but raised viewing black women release their sexuality after a certain age. Like no longer mm. prioritize, not even prioritize, but position themselves as desiring or receiving pleasure because they're taking care of everyone else. Um, And I think, I mean, it goes, that's just, you know, a black woman's experience with that particular thing. But I think it lends more to what you're saying. We just see more possibities now. Old Mm -hmm. age doesn't mean shut down. 
for a lot of people. And also a lot of people are making healthier decisions at their young age. Like there's so many people who are going vegan, so many people who are going pescatarian. I may or may not have fallen off my um, wagon of pescatarian (laughs) plant-based-ism only because I'm trying to figure out what's going on with my acne. Don't worry too much about me. But we're making so much healthier decisions that don't make us literally start hunching over as we grow like we're Mm -hmm. maintaining activity we're recognizing what's healthy for us so yeah man like let's see with a lot of things let's see and i'm gay so you know we we, (laughs) we don't age and and i didn't jackie hill perry my gay so i think it becomes this foreshadowing (laughs) continue so so you know you know i I, I didn't quite get to that point in life yet and who knows but we don't age, so I think I'll be fine. Okay. Okay. I know. I know. For you. Something else I want to say about Kylie, I don't remember how old she was when she had her daughter, but I know she was, like, fresh into adulthood. She might have been 18. Is that the truth? Sim's going to look it up. But in connection with this person's comment saying, you know, she was exposed to a lot of things, I remember exposed to a lot of things at a very young age and just had access at a young age. And I remember there being a conversation about her having a child when she was 20 years old. And I mean, tons of people have children very young, but she chose to be a mother at 20. And there was a lot of uproar about that. And Kylie just lived a life school, life school, a lifestyle where she could be a mother if she wanted to. Mm -hmm. And so we have to remember where she could be a mother if she wanted to and have everything she needed for that child. Mm-hmm. It sure. wasn't, oh, I have to pause my life to now take care of said baby. This baby can just be a part of my lifestyle. Not a lot of people have that luxury or privilege. And so we just have to realize we're talking about a different class of people. And unfortunately, this class of people with limited responsibility and limited wherewithal and and social intelligence. Social, is that it? Mm-hmm. Social intelligence get to be the ones making a lot of exemplary decisions and also commanding industries informed from the choices that they made, which reiterate unhealthy ideas. So do I blame Kylie? No, she was a little sister. Like things were set up before she got there. You know, she bought into a system and had her own epiphanies and realizations about it. And good for her. Good for that girl. Don't know what she was going to, what she's going to do with it. Uh, we do uh. I'm going to say this and then I'm going to throw it away. But great for Kylie. Unfortunate for the many young women and just now age women who can't go back, mm-hmm. who can't have that, who do feel those feelings. Um, but we're so on that train of I need to look like this ideal version of beauty that they are stuck with the situation of possibly having a breast augmentation that they can't afford to Mm. keep up or maintain. Mm. So they either have to risk um, the complications that come with keeping in what I I don't know, what would you call them expired um, silicone or whatever, Mm -hmm. um, because they can't afford to do what, what it needs to be done for those next steps or people who let's have a real conversation did not make it because they went so far as to try to pursue these unrealistic beauty standards. And now, yay, Kylie, you're having this eureka moment. And I'm definitely not putting this on the back of her because there's so many other variables that come into why we were going through this like very exaggerated stage of gotta do surgery, gotta do surgery, gotta do surgery, especially we're in Atlanta. So 
that's a whole episode for oh another day. Um, without making educated and informed decisions, it's unfortunate because not everybody gets the liberty to say that out loud. I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. This sucks. Yeah. I didn't want to do this. I wish I never did this. Um, and yeah. Kylie's not the only one. Angela, too. I'm happy that they've had these changes. Um, but I hope that other people considering these things learn from this, like Tyra said. Learn, learn from-, from this. <laughs> learn something from this. You know, yeah. Oh, well, speaking of learning from something, there's much to be learned about our big kahuna for the day that Obio so eloquently threw us the lob for about a video that went viral featuring starring Miss Jackie Hill Perry. So just a little bit of background. Jackie Hill Perry, I believe she's a pastor. I don't know if she's an ordained minister. I just know she preaches. And she started her career as a poet. She's still a poet, I think. Um, but has transitioned into speaking from the pulpit after having gained notoriety from her very public journey about being delivered from homosexuality. And I use air quotes with that just to not to make sure that I'm not um, offending anyone because I don't share that belief personally. That's her walk. That's her experience. Um, but she's been very open from the jump that she'd been abused, sexually abused when she was a child, and she turned to homosexuality from comfort. When she was a teenager, she realized that she was a lesbian, and she'd also been open about her experiences with promiscuity, porn addiction, and drug addiction. She characterizes her experiences with weed as drug addiction as an adult, but in 2008, she converted to Christianity and then claimed to be a former lesbian after Christianity helped her kick the homo habit. Um, And she wrote a book called the one in particular i'm sorry she wrote a book in particular called gay girl good god the story of who i was and who god has always been and this has given her a lot of credit and i'll just stop there stop there just giving some background comments questions concerns I think this is a conversation that I want us to be honest about, but I think we have to be mindful of our language in a okay. very, very ex- extreme way. Um, I don't think that we're never not mindful, but I think I'm saying that as a precursor for myself. Okay. Just mm-hmm. because I think this is a very triggering conversation for a lot of people in the LGBTQ plus community, especially. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think even just to piggyback on what you just said, I think Oftentimes, how we experience a thing mm-hmm. is how we think the world experiences a thing. Mm-hmm. It's two totally different realities, right? So yeah. if you if you fell into homosexuality or lesbianism as a byproduct of assault, that mm-hmm. was your experience. Mm-hmm. Doesn't necessarily mean that's all of our experience who share in the ideas or in the realities of homosexuality. And right. I think mm-hmm. oftentimes it feels like her reality, her story, her narrative, her experience dictates her work. And I think it's very, very hard to take your experiences and then perpetuate them onto everybody around you yeah. as law and, and as fact yeah. and, and mm-hmm. so direct that she says it. Again, if you want to say your experience and how it helped you, go off, mama. Mm-hmm. But to condemn people yeah. under the confines of having a similar experience to you, which may or may not, and in my experience, may not be true. Mm-hmm. Does, that make, does that make sense? Yeah. I think that's my biggest, my biggest issue, I think, with her work all the time. Because I think, again, I said it before we started talking. I think she's a very smart girl. Um, and that she's a great I poet. Just, I think she's a great poet. But I think 
you can say anything with fervor and, and, and energy yeah. and get somebody to buy in under right. the confines, especially when you use somebody as big as God mm-hmm. as your backing. You know, and somebody, yeah. especially in black communities, people have been afraid to question God at the hands of whoever they choose to believe. And if somebody's believing her to be their pastor, their whatever the case may be, I think it could be very difficult to contest that. And I think she's not unbeknownst to that. So I think those are my initial, like, eh, when it comes to the rhetoric. Mm-hmm. So even while I was reading the notes, I wanted to be careful in how I have this conversation as well. My reasoning is because I truly enjoy my journey of being a Christian. I'm having a great time. There's wonderful things happening every day. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm having a great time. I'm having a great time. Me personally. I know that's right. <laughs> but I want to make sure that in having this conversation, because of the kind of space that we're creating, you know, yeah. we're having it in love to all walks, you mm-hmm. know? Because I'm pretty sure that there are Buddhists out there who are having a great time. Mm-hmm. Um there are Hindus out there who are having a great time in their walk. And I feel sometimes that there are people in this religion who use religion as a cloak to their insecurities rather than a connection to God. Mm. And immediately, I was sad when I heard this video because it was like, I don't know what's hurting you. I don't know your backstory. I don't know what you are trying to wash away or cover up so badly that you need to constantly remind everyone about what is demonizing this and what is horrible about that and why they shouldn't this and why they shouldn't that. But that's not Christianity to me. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm excited to have a conversation about these different things um but also i'm excited to talk about how hurt people hurt people Mm -hmm. um which i think is the heart of what what all of this is i think this is a lot of noise to cover up something that she's just trying to you know feel better about but i don't know that lady so i don't know that lady (laughs) either but in connection to some of the things both of you guys were saying um I think I'm going to piggyback a little bit more once we're done going through what she said in the video. I'm going to piggyback off what you said, OBO. But a lot of this reminds me of what went down, I think, in the Texas House. They were arguing over a bill. A woman proposed the bill that they put the Ten Commandments up in classrooms. And this guy on the panel up there, I don't even know everybody's position title, but if you sit up on the board, I presume that means you're important, whatever. But he was speaking to her in a very calm and respectful manner, but saying, you know, as a devout Christian myself, I feel like this is hypocritical. I feel like it's idolatrous. I feel like it's not respectful of the Hindu student, of the Buddhist student. I think it's hypocritical, especially as people in this room hoot and holler about indoctrination, but how is this not indoctrination, but putting a rainbow Mm. in classrooms is. And it was an amazing conversation. I mean, it was an amazing read, if you want to get down to the pettiness (laughs) of it all. But it was a breath of fresh air to hear someone talking about Christianity from a lens of graciousness and a a lens of walking like Christ. And recognizing that a lot of people, especially people who cling to the church, the idea of the church, not to church, a church, the church, and religion in that regard do more 
proselytizing of what the word says versus embodying what the word says do. Mm. Um, and I feel like that's what, what's happened. Anytime I see a video of Jackie Hill Perry, unfortunately, it is already tainted with the knowledge that I know of how she built her notoriety as a minister. And I feel like there's a certain attachment to the desires from her congregation for her story to be true that gives her power. And I'll touch more on that in a second. But this particular video actually has nothing to do with queerness. Um, it has to do with spirituality. And so she made this video talking about how witchcraft, essentially, I don't even think, she just loosely connected things that didn't really make sense, but we'll walk through it and hopefully make sense out of it for you guys. And I won't do it all at once because I think it's so important to stop at certain points and kind of tease it out and give some context to what's going on here. But first line. Let me sip more tea. I don't know who told us you got to be a witch to be black. What? Who said that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who told us you got to be a witch to be black. Now, what she is referencing here is essentially there are a lot of schools of black thought and black identity that push away Christianity and lean towards more traditional practices of religion in Africa or even Muslim traditions, which in that regard is still flawed because because both Christianity and, and Islam were used to colonize Africa. And so nobody was practicing either Islam or Christianity prior to colonization. But so I think that's what she was referencing there. Next line. You are not more black by engaging in witchcraft. That is propagating a white supremacist lie that black people in Africa didn't know Jesus. Now let's pause. That was a line I was waiting for you to get to. <laughs> it's weird and funny to me because we know things. <laughs> so this statement just gave me willfully ignorant because, as I just said, tinges of Christianity could have likely and organically spread to northeastern Africa because of where, because of the birthplace of Christianity. But today, the vast majority of northeastern Africa is Islam because Islam colonized the northern part and Christianity colonized much of the um, western and southern parts. Um, and before any of those things got there, we were practicing indigenous things. And much like any other indigenous group of people, African tribes did not even necessarily characterize the spiritual connection with the higher power as a separate entity from society. And what I mean is we think of our spirituality as a section of us. We think of our relationship with God as a part of our life, where a good example of how indigenous tribes treated spirituality is unfortunately the movie Avatar. People don't like it because of the white savior complex, but the way the indigenous people were characterized and how they hunted or had to defend themselves from animals, how they would pray and thank ancestors for, for the work that this being did on the planet, how they would take and how they would give and how they would engage with their animals. All of it was connected to their spirituality. So their entire culture was informed by their spiritual connections. Um, also, unlike us, they didn't fo follow any binary of monotheism and polytheism. They prayed to deities. They prayed to ancestors. They 
worked with different, they did root work, which is not inherently evil, and I'll get into that in a second, but working with natural herbs and things to find healing powers. Um, there's so many things that we know to exist. And one of the things that I think, what I think implicates this idea of witchcraft, that I know implicates this idea of witchcraft is, again, that big word of colonism, co colonialism and colonization. And I would think to myself prior to, and this is, I will say this, my even thinking of this was colored by my experience with religion because I don't like watching shit with demons in it. Like, it'd be scary to me. I don't like images of upside down crosses. I don't do too many skulls. Like, I'm not for it. Um, just because it makes me uncomfortable. But again, that's my experience with how I was raised in the church. And so I would always think to myself, well, I know that white people came over and called black people promiscuous because they didn't have no clothes on forgetting that it's hot in Africa. I know that white people came over to Africa and called black women beasts and unkempt and, un and not modest because their breasts weren't covered when there are reasons for the ways tribes cover themselves or don't cover themselves. Called black people beasts because they had marks on their face and called them um, violent and aggressive and what's the word? They would just they would characterize the things that we would do as inherently evil. And so why wouldn't, why wouldn't they call our religions evil as well? So I came upon this story, I did some reading. And so what I'm saying, this is colored by my experience with religion is that I was always, always wondered that. But I was like, I was never going, I'm not going to look it up. Not too much on the voodoo for me. Like I'm a, I'm a wonder, I'm a respect it from afar, but I'm not going to look it up. But when I came across this, I said, all right, girl, it's time to do some research. So I did some readings, and it's exactly what I thought it was. <laughs> it's exactly what I thought it was. Essentially, white folks came over and wanted Christianity to work because Christianity was a vehicle for the ways in which they would take over nations and therefore characterize everything we did as satanic. So, y'all ready to go down this rabbit hole with me? I said a lot of things, but questions, comments, concerns? I, just, mm -hmm. I want you to keep. I want you to keep going before I. I just want to say one thing for the context. Okay. Africa is a continent. Yeah. Not a country. Mm -hmm. And I really want y'all to understand that there were so many different walks of life in all of these different countries that exist in mm -hmm. Africa. Mm -hmm. So continue. No, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, we're gonna talk about one country in particular, just for some reference. <laughs> That's Nigeria. <laughs> But yeah, I did some reading. And I want to say this about my research process. You can Google a lot of stuff. Google is your friend. So I Googled the demonization of African indigenous cultures. And I came up on some website and it had something to do with like a medium in it, voodoo, whatever. And I said, well, I'm going there. So let me go ahead and look. And I found information that appeared to be credible, but I also cross-referenced it. There's nothing wrong with finding information in places that don't sit well, you just always have to go and check yourself. You always just have to make sure what's being said is factual. You can find it in more than one place. And actually, some of these one-off websites, especially with information that is not widely discussed, can give you the breadcrumbs to find things in more reputable places. So anyways, found, about, found out about the story of a man named Samuel I'm not going to pronounce anyone's name correctly, and I apologize. Samuel Ajayi Crowther. He is credited for helping chart, start the Church of Nigeria and is 
noted to have been on a mission to convert the pagan African people. And he described Yoruba land as a land of heathenism, superstition, and vice. Samuel Ajayi Crowther is a black man. So <laughs> why is he talking about other black people like this? Unfortunately, my boy had a very much Phyllis Wheatley kind of story. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know much about Phyllis Wheatley beyond the fact that she is the first black woman to publish a book of poetry or first black woman to publish anything, what happened with Phyllis Wheatley is that she was taken from her home in Africa. She was sold to a white family. That white family propped her up and they supported her talent for writing as long as she did it through a lens of Christianity and as long as she did it through a lens of recognizing or proclaiming Christianity to be the thing that saved her. And so Phyllis Wheatley actually wrote poems about the land that she came from was a land that she mourned for because they didn't know God and that she wanted them to know God. So Crowther had a similar experience. His family was scooped up by either Spanish or Spanish or Portuguese. Mm, Spanish or Portuguese. Well, well, well. Spanish or Portuguese. Yes, God. Slave traders. This is... <laughs> This is after the British had already abolished the slave trade. So when he ended up on a British ship, they sent him to Sierra Leone. Sierra Leone was essentially like, it was a colony, but for free black people. And there he was heavily influenced by the Anglican Missionary Society. And in their schools, they noticed how smart he was. And they said, oh, let's go send him to be smart for Jesus because we want more, we want more Jesus. And so they sent him to school at Oxford he became the first black Anglican bishop. Yes, first African Anglican bishop. And he came back on down to Nigeria and started trying to convert people. Now, why is he important? He was tasked with creating the first Yoruba Bible. So he translated the Bible into Yoruba, which is the language they spoke in Nigeria. And I'm getting Bible places. Needs. Hmm? I was saying Bible, it means uh, high in Yoruba. Oh, okay. Oh. Didn't know that. Okay, Love that. So now let's take a, a little bit of a break. This is what the voodoo woman was talking about in her article. So she said there's actually no concept of Satan in voodoo to her knowledge. And I will say that because the religion of voodoo was so disrupted by colonization, a lot of people practice it in different ways. So she did make sure to say to her knowledge, there's no concept of Satan. And that also no spirits are inherently evil. There can just be ones that are more prone to whatever, but anybody can have good or bad outcomes that you use. But there's one in particular named Ishu. And Ishu is what my boy Samuel Crowther translated to mean the devil and so unfortunately this one word taking taking a deity from voodoo culture and translating it as the devil was like a gateway drug to then demonize the rest of the religion um yeah hate it hate it for them but what becomes clear is that Satanism became a concept imported into African societies through colonialism to stigmatize African spirituality. So once again, everything the black people are doing, we're going to say it is the opposite of what we're doing in order to negate it, in order to invalidate it, in order to make them feel like they need to be saved by seeking out Christ. So that was a lot. That was a lot. That was a bunch, for sure. Yeah. But I think, <laughs> I think they gave context, though. Yeah, for sure. 
for sure, for sure. And it was it's help it was helpful for me because, like I said, it was always something that I felt was looming. But because of my own limitations that I put on myself, I didn't even really want to engage in that space because it felt weird. It felt crazy. Um, even after having watching thing watched things like Coven, I was like, oh, it's still within this this lens of Westernism and how there's just this fear mongering around how black people practice these things. So I just have an all new respect for it. Now, will I go down to the voodoo priestess in New Orleans? No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Not me personally, not yeah. I said the cat. Mm-hmm. That's just me. Yeah. But this information I think is liberating because again, like it's factual information. These are real people, They're, these are real things and I just, I, appreciate I think it's subtle you. fear. Go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I was going to say I appreciate you for giving this detailed example because there's so many examples of missionaries that went to Africa and were tasked with give this religion in this way. Mm-hmm. And what's always been interesting for me as a Christian is that I have never been the type to force my beliefs on anyone. I think that the best way that I can be a Christian is to show how God shows up in my life through Mm -hmm. who I am. And um, there's been many a time, you know, that people I feel have, oh, wow, like, so you pray, you this, you that, the conversation comes up, it's great, it's wonderful, Mm -hmm. we're fed. Um, But what's interesting to me about this particular thing is that when Jackie, her name is Jackie, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay, Jackie Mm -hmm. um, says, oh, this is white supremacy, this, this is white supremacy, that is white supremacy not demonizing a thing so that you can get other people to love the thing you want them to love? Mm. Well, 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 well. So for me, it's like you're saying that witchcraft, which let's call a thing a thing, um, you're trying to call African religions witchcraft. Mm. You're trying to call the celebration of ancestors witchcraft. You're trying to call things that you don't fully understand Mm -hmm. witchcraft and then you say a thing like sis who read your script who proofread your script before you got in front of people and said we let's stop acting like people in africa didn't know jesus isn't it like but they they didn't because they had religions and beliefs and faiths hundreds and thousands of years before this came into play and like can we also talk about like timelines Jesus showed up late. <laughs> Jesus didn't walk Literally. with Adam and Eve. If we're going by the good book, people didn't come born into the world knowing about Jesus because Jesus hadn't been here the whole time. Again, <laughs> fire somebody. <laughs> somebody did not do their job. Or you went off script, you started feeling a little spicy. And that happens, I get it. <laughs> you just you know feel the thing, you think God's saying the thing to you, but it's really you. And mm. you say the wrong thing um, because that was just incorrect. What were you saying, Obia? I just think this is all it's an overconfident um, autobiography. In my mm. opinion, that's what all this sounds like, girl. You just, mm. just say your experience and keep it pushing. But I think, like to your point earlier, Lene, about fear. I think the 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 fear is why she's able to stay and do what she does, especially mm. in this scenario. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, right? Because most people are afraid to contest anything that happens in church by a leader. Mm. What the leader says, I feel uncomfortable being like, mm, that don't really, 
Mm-hmm. That don't, that don't, I don't think that's, but it's like, well, I don't want to actually do the research to find out if it's true or not because I don't want to find out. So let me just kind of blindly follow. Mm-hmm. And again, the, the leader is not unbeknownst to that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and she's like, this comparison game, right? It doesn't make you more black to be XYZ, but you feel like it's made you more Christian to be less queer. You feel like it's made Ooh. you more, you, you know, and so I think there's all of these versions of your own experience that are happening at one time. And it's like, fee Yeah. Yeah, like, come on. I, 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 I don't know. I just, I just have a hard time making everything wrong in your conquest to be good. And even if we're going to go mm-hmm. another step further, if we're going to go another step further to talk about you wanting to save souls, please help, to your point, um, Sim, who told you this is how we was going to do it? Like, I'm going to have a conversation. Like, who's, you know what I'm going to do? Make everybody feel low. And that's mm-hmm. going to make them really come in here and really change their mm-hmm. life. Come on, man. Like what, how, like, what tactic are we using? Did it work on you? Like, maybe it did. But in this scenario, it just mm. seems interesting. They're just saying, mm-hmm. if you want to save souls, is this how we are doing it in the church? Is this what's necessary? And like, that literally made me think. I was watching Outland. I don't know if anyone's ever seen that show. It's a deep cut. So don't worry if you haven't. But it's essentially set in Scotland in the 1700s, and they were fighting some war, whatever, some boy get, and a woman goes back in time somehow, and a boy gets sick, and of course they think it's a demon. They think the boy needs to be exercised, and she's like, well, no, I think he's just poison, and the minister is so convicted that he is the only one ordained and empowered by God to heal someone he doesn't want to hear anything that she has to say. He, in fact, threatens her, speaks down to her condescendingly, condescendingly, all the while the boy is suffering. So she goes, and she actually happens to be a nurse, so she goes and finds out what's wrong with him, and then comes back in, and unsurprisingly, he calls her out as a witch because she was able to heal the boy, and she was not. And while this is some type of you know narrative, it's a fictional story, it is based off real life. We are all aware of the Salem witch trials. And what I think black churches miss even I, it's so strange to me that she tried to implicate white supremacy in her at, as contrary to her argument because she was utilizing the tools of white supremacy right there in that moment because here she is running this small town and her village by whatever she says goes like you're saying and if someone operates outside of that and all of a sudden they're wrong that person is cast out they're labeled as a witch or murdered or outside of God's will or whatever. And now no one is accepting of them, but people want so bad to believe in her because they feel like what they want, she's exemplifying. They also feel like she is representing the truth of what they think to be the truth, or rather the success of the war they're trying to win against this agenda of homosexuality. So she, she's she been empowered to be that person. Mm-hmm. And black churches operate, operate like this over and over again, trying to bully you into believing what the status quo and the mass believe in and if you're not with it no more you can get out Mm -hmm. but here's the thing too um if you're gonna lead you're gonna need to read and the thing about it is (laughs) you're i'm gonna piggyback on exactly what you said you're saying these things but you are literally doing the things that you're accusing others of. So when Obio asks the question, you know, who is telling you to do it this way, white people? 
because that's how they do it. They go around to places. They make people fearful, so fearful that if you do not live in this way, if you do not do this thing, you are the enemy. You are the the, the black thing in the night. You are what is mm-hmm. wrong with the society. You mm-hmm. will be damned. You will die a fiery death. And one of my favorite quotes is, Power is the ability to create one's own reality and have others live in it as if it were their own. Mm. And that's Mm. what you're Mm. literally trying to do. You are trying to create a reality where being, because your main narrative, your main story, your thing is being homosexual is an illness. Mm. Um, It is a thing that you can kick. It is an addiction. Mm -hmm. It is um, this horrible thing that you have to get rid of. If you get closer to God, you will get as far away from homosexuality as you can. That is the the reality that you're trying to create. And so what you're trying Mm. to do is make other people around you live in that. And I get it. Your connection to homosexuality comes from sexual abuse, sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. You have icky feelings Mm -hmm. about who you are as a person sexually. Mm -hmm. And I completely understand that. But it doesn't mean that everyone who came to this place took the same route as you. Mm -hmm. So... And I know that this is not a conversation about, even in that video, about homosexuality specifically, but the reason that I bring it up is it's a conversation about fear. It's a Mm -hmm. conversation about you feel that these are the things that are causing people to go in this direction. And so now your strategy for everything becomes fear. This is bad. This is the demon. This is the enemy. There was a... um, and I'm almost finished. There was a thing that she did on CBN. Um, do you guys know those those That's assessments? Mm-hmm. Um, there are like these assessments that jobs make you take to figure out like your placements in the workplace as far as personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she said that those are demons. What? And <laughs> this is the thing, y'all. Like as a person that strategizes behind brands, I'm here to tell you, you can make anything sound good. I could tell you how fish breathe air and I can make it sound real good and I can give you the backings of a bunch of things that are not real and don't make sense. But when you make it sound good enough and you plant the seed of like, this is possibly true, you would be surprised what people buy into. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) Just like, y'all really have to come up off demons and witchcraft. That is the limitation of a lot of Christians' vocabulary for things they don't feel like are of God. Those are the limitations. That is that is the start and the finish. That is the start and the finish. And um, to your point of who told you to do it, white people, also, yes, because of what we also know to be fact is that white people told us being gay wasn't okay. White people told us black women's bodies weren't okay. White people told us White people define respectability and then then attach it to Christianity through the whole cleanliness is next to, next to God, godliness and whiteness is pure and all that. Like, we know that white people did these things. We know that. And I say this quote all the time. We're talking about religion. Sean McLean said it on the internets one day, but she was just like, science is not the absence of God. It's the explanation for his work. Mm-hmm. I don't mm. think, and work. it's me thinking, Again, and I think what's good about this circle of people is that we continuously let people know that we don't know everything mm-hmm. and we don't try to spew everything as fact. And that's the opposite of what was in this video. But we cannot calling, <laughs> knowing factual things and then throwing in a hallelujah fied, but God doesn't make it untrue anymore. Hallelujah. 
to that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. People love to give a but God. Mm -hmm. And in the morning, the Lord mm -hmm. said, yes, he also said this thing that he gave us the answers to. He might, it might have taken God 200,000 years to give us the answer to the mitochondria of a cell, but we know that now. When we know information, we can do it and also still believe in God and maybe recognize that something written years ago might need some updates. I don't know. It reminds me. And not me saying it reminds me like I was there. Um, Other girl. <laughs> but it makes me think about slavery, right? Where one person could read the Bible and therefore you had to go off of whatever they came up with. Um, and you also had to go off of their interpretation. Yeah. We don't live in that mm -hmm. time anymore. You guys have to find your own interpretation. You have to find your own narratives, create your own stories, um, make it make sense for you because God doesn't speak to you the way he speaks to me. Mm. Mm. And that's okay. Hello? And he would never. Yeah. Because you could okay. never. And that's not shade. That's not shade. But God has particular messaging this is why he gives us all individual gifts, because mm -hmm. he has a unique form and method and plan for us to use it. And so he would communicate to us according to that and also whatever stage we are in our lives to be able to receive that. Correct. Moving along, because we'll, we'll get all the points in in this one. We're not done, y'all. She's still talking. All right, next line. <laughs> I am angry that the powers that be in social media and in culture and in music and in Beyonce's music and then Kaylani's music and I think she's about to say Santana but she got cut off but what I'm gonna need y'all to do is leave Beyonce alone please I was waiting for us to get to Beyonce because I'm so tired I'm so tired because it was her and the other lady a few weeks ago that called Beyonce the leader of a coven she said the hive was a coven times 65 or whatever but piggybacking off what I just said before I read that line God gives us all gifts and plans for us to minister using those gifts. I didn't, I f first felt the power of ministry when the first person came to me and cried about a parking lot video because I didn't take what I did to be ministry. I just, so, I just said, you know, God, give me the confidence to get out in this parking lot and talk. But the words that he shares with me to give on certain days really hit home for people. Certain things are delivering for certain people, and I'm able to recognize that through my ministry, my particular ministry. And so guess what? I don't try to do no other type of ministry because I see what God's given me. God gave Beyonce song. God gave Kalani song. Both women, or I'm not sure if Kalani, what, she, what they identify mm -hmm. as currently, um, but I believe both of them have talked about God being a part of their lives. And so I just feel like it's disrespectful and not too much on God's kids mm -hmm. for you to be calling them witches. I never want to be at the gates. I think about this all the time. What is your meeting with Gabriel at the gates finna look like? Y'all see that man on TikTok that's like, oh, hey, welcome to the gates. We're just going to watch your life in 30 seconds. And it's like, pause the tape, Gabe. So right here when you said, I don't want those moments. I don't want those moments. I know I'm going to have some moments, but I want to be self-aware enough to know exactly what they're going to press pause on and be able to be honest with God and myself about those things. But some of y'all are going to be duped. Duped and bedazzled, whatever the words are, when you get to the pearly gates and you're like, you didn't say that? That wasn't you? That wasn't you? Huh. You know, hmm. I had done some research. <laughs> 
because I was trying to figure out, like, who did Jesus come for mm. in the way that y'all be coming for people? Oh, what? Like, who was he, like, stay away from this person and don't? Because yeah. it really gave, like, you know, love your neighbor as yourself, you know, try to stay out of trouble, um, you know, follow your inner star player. Like, that was the vibe that it gave to me. Sometimes you're really getting on my nerves. I'm trying to listen to my dad. What do you need? You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? <laughs> you know? Like that, And that was like the, the height of his impatience <laughs> with humanity. Whereas somewhere along the way, I don't know if this was like medieval times where this began, but there was this intense, like, mm-hmm. if you do not live in this, way specifically we hate you Mm. you're done Mm -hmm. you can't be around the other people like there's no coming back like where did that come from i think prejudice i think prejudice and racism becoming widespread play a part in my opinion i Mm. think i I often talk about like the 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 yearning to be the exception when you're marginalized, mm, right? Mm. And I think that's kind of what Jackie Hill Perry and the Mrs. Conversation, that's where her work pretty much is, right? Like, I want, like, I, I, I'm profiting off of the fact that I'm the exception. But the problem is when we forget that the exception is the exception, like, Jackie is not the rule, right? So I, I, what I'm saying is, I, like, Jesus saved my life. He made me not gay anymore, mm-hmm. right? And again, so now people are getting hope in the fact that that can really happen because it happened to her. So now I have a little bit of a battery in my back as it's to preaching the, what you call the gospel to everybody around me, like what's the blackness. I'm a black person who is condemning people for X, Y, Z, who is doing the thing. And it becomes like, oh, black people are also being this way because we have seen this liberal understanding of outside of church, black people who are calling themselves Christians, right? Like mm-hmm. like us, essentially, right? Like, and low-key, not just like us, like Jackie and Perry, with locks on her back, with tattoos on her arms, with, like, like pants on in the pulpit, like, all these things that she's mm-hmm. doing that, are, that, that lend towards a liberal understanding of life. And I think it becomes this really interesting scope of, like, I'm going to be the person who's going to tell you, like, I mean, hate to be this way, but, like, the kind of that token black person who tells you that the black things are ghetto. Like, I'm black and I don't do that, right? That kind of energy. And it sounds oftentimes like she's that person in the church where it's like, yeah, like, you can condemn those gays because I did. I once was gay. Mm. So I can, so, so it's okay to do. Like, those blacks are ghetto, and I can say it because I'm I too and black. And so it becomes, or I'm too of African descent. And I'm saying that was witchcraft. So it gives people the license to be able to do all of these things because somebody from that walk of life said that was, it was okay. Mm-hmm. And so I think, again, it made people feel comfortable to be able to do this without contesting. Well, she, like me as a gay person, if I then tell you guys, oh, yeah, it's cool to da-da-da-da, you're like, well, my gay homeboy said I could do X, Y, Z, or my black mm-hmm. friend said I could do whatever, yeah. or my minister said I could do, and it becomes that. And I think yeah. that's the, not the most, but one of the problematic parts to, again, this whole thing. Even as you run down from Beyonce to kind of like, grasping at straws I, I have i have that intestinal fortitude to come at beyonce who everybody is naturally going to want to protect i'm changing the posture people who cannot protect her in this case because i'm the minister and you have to listen to me mm-hmm. it's all problematic in my opinion mm-hmm. yeah i'm convinced and we're in circles mm-hmm. That's yeah no i was just say i'm convinced beyonce is a buzzword amongst the ladies in the pulpit these days and i'm just wondering why like what What's the problem? Um, and the only thing that I can, and I usually never go here because jealousy and envy is never really at the front of my mind. But yeah. what if it is that? 
Like, what if it is a projection of these women whose senses of authority, autonomy, and sexuality are suppressed in their everyday life, and this is a person who embodies everything that is not that, and so it's easy for you to say that is of the devil, because I feel like I have to live in these limitations, and I can't... Because what Jackie does say, even later in these lines, she quite frequently refers to certain freedoms, like wanting access to freedoms. When I just, my mother said something to me, and I'm going to have to ask her exactly what it is. Maybe I'll share it with you the next time. But she essentially said, choosing God is freedom. Mm. And mm. if you are saying that people are going against God to experience freedom, you are limiting the experience of God. Amen. Yeah. I'm going to take it a step lower. All right. Than what, for, what I, for what I think their reasoning is. Mm -hmm. It's a plug. Y'all are doing the same thing that you're accusing other people of doing. You're talking about, oh, y'all just want to be connected to this woman for clout. And y'all just want to be at these concerts so that y'all can say blah, blah, blah. You are using this woman's name because you know that when you use it, it's going to be surging on social media. And you're going to get the replays and the shares. And you're going to be able to expand the reach of your audience so you can get more people to pay attention to y'all sermons and whatever it is that y'all have going on. And then get more people to donate. Y'all not slick. I'm going to go a step lower than both of y'all. Okay. okay. <laughs> you know when you were in high school and the, that one person thought it made them cool to talk about the cool person? Mm -hmm. I, think, I think that's what this is. It's like, I want to feel cool. Mm -hmm. And so I got to talk about the cool person in the room. Because mm -hmm. Beyonce is a cool girl that everybody likes. So I can't lock her just off the street. I want to be cool, too. Mm -hmm. So I got to be... I got this down like, Lene, man, she don't really be saying much. Because you want to be that one person mm -hmm. to, like, knock the cool girl. And yeah. I think this is more like, let me go after the cool girl. Because no one else is, like, undeniably cool. Like, everybody else is like, you know, we like Kehlani, but she has some controversy. We like so-and-so, but Beyonce is undeniably cool. Let me knock her cool a little bit mm -hmm. so me and my locks can get some cool. You know, yeah. that's what I <laughs> It's ugly. It's ugly out here. All right, let's try to get through the rest of what she says. We're still not done. All right. <laughs> Angry that they are really trying to convince us that all spiritualism is the same. This this upset me because here she is again insinuating that a lot of people drift away from the church claiming to have a spiritual, to be maintaining their spiritual relationship with God, but the church no longer serving them. And so in that, she said, they're trying to convince us that all spiritualism is, all spiritualism is the same, that the spiritualism practice inside the church walls is not the same as the spiritualism practice outside the church walls. But when you speak so loosely you are once again being irresponsible with your words and incorrect because all spirituality is not the same. That is not a derogatory mark towards anybody's religion because Satanism exists. That's not something yeah. that I personally am necessarily in support right. of because I think it is preying on my particular downfall as a believer in Christ. But you're not going to sit here and lump in my unwillingness to adhere to certain things with all-out Satanism. That's what you're saying. You're saying that I'm practicing witchcraft by not following, not following you. You know, somebody said something a while ago that I think, like, ruffled the church people's feathers. Oh, no. And it was, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. Yes. Someone yeah. once said that, mm -hmm. and it pissed the church people it's off. It's probably on Twitter. And I think that even with that, I don't, I don't think that, okay, 
I think what was trying to be expressed in that moment, and for people who continue to say that, Kirk Franklin said it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not religious. I am in relationship. Mm-hmm. I prioritize my relationship with God. I don't care about a religion mm-hmm. because essentially a religion is separate. And I think, you know, we spoke about that a little bit. Like, we touched on it a little earlier that um, as, you know, Western people or Western Western-rooted people, we do believe that our foundation in God is connected to all parts of our lives mm. and not just what we do in church, not mm-hmm. just how we worship, but in everything. Like, for example, if I'm walking down a, down the road and I trip, I'm going to be like, mm, God, God did not want me <laughs> to be at my destination a minute <laughs> earlier. You know what? I'm going to stand here for a second. And I, you know, like, <laughs> I take it that seriously because that's how integrated mm-hmm. God is and who I yeah, am. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. All right, moving on. Oh. No, I was moving on to the next line. All right, cool. We have digested this impurity, and we want so bad not to be legalistic that we actually become profane. We want so bad to have all of these freedoms that we are entertaining demons, and you wonder why you are depressed, and you wonder why you are anxious, and you wonder why you have nightmares, and you wonder why you can't sleep, and you wonder why you see things in your room at night because you're opening doors to all kinds of demons. It's not because they're firing everybody? <sighs> what? It's not because life sucks. It's not oh, yeah, because... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I think I kind of understand some pieces of hmm. her and even her rhetoric. Hmm. I think it just is... I think I ooh, I think her language just seems without grace that mm. I know she benefits from but that I know she benefits from mm. which makes it hard for me to get on board cuz I think to me she comes I guess to your point earlier sim about relationship and religion I think I understand the the the, the distinct difference right where it's like relationship to me is an emotional connection mm. whereas religion is a series of actions do this whether you want to or not right mm. like which is why I think cuz even when she um, not converted, but when she decided she didn't want to be a lesbian anymore, I remember watching an interview where she talked about how I still have those desires, mm. but I act, I actively reject those in the name of Christianity. Mm. I active, I actively, you know, mm. um, suppress those things. And I think I, from that, I understand. However, it's not foolproof because we cannot actively suppress every single thing about us in the name of religion. It's mm. just, it's just not possible in my opinion. And, I, and I'm also not seeing it happen from her and so I think that's my biggest issue with this last statement is like I get it, you're saying being all legalistic but the Bible says is true what the Bible says is factual what the Bible says is what you should do cool but there's so many things that the Bible says that you have contorted to fit your personal narrative mm-hmm. like Mm, I probably shouldn't this, but that was olden times. That's outdated. That was for those periods of time. Mm. That only doesn't apply. Like, you know what I'm saying? Likewise, a lot of people will fornicate under the confines of I'm having sex as a straight person, so it's not as bad, even mm. though it's premarital. Like, you know what I'm saying? We make those concessions for ourselves. And so for me, as a person who's listening to a person who has made a lot of concessions on their behalf, getting mad at other people and call it satanic, demonic, and all this witchcraft for, I guess, massaging what it means for not follow to the T, it's very interesting to me, you know, like, 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 like throw away that thing and get rid of all this witchcraft. And plus it's like, what are those things? Hmm. Yeah. Like, I want to hear like, yeah. like throw away, like throw away, throw what away? Exactly. I think and she's talking about why... the Beyonce CDs, but continue. <laughs> but I, you don't know why I think she wasn't that specific and then I'll shut up. 
Because I think if she was really specific and started just spewing out things, she would find herself saying things that she has. Mm. Saying things that she does. Throw away that Beyonce. Did I throw mine away? <laughs> like, 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 stop getting them texts. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. don't be listening. Because again, like, you, you do this, yeah. mama. I, I, come on. Come yeah. on. No, I'm not going to hold you. I was taken aback by you saying you could understand because I can't get with none of, none of this. And for me, and maybe it's the, because the, I think you were speaking mainly to the first part of that statement, but the second part of the statement really overpowered the entire message for me and really just, I couldn't get with it because this is when the crowd, that second part, because you, you saw me start to read like I was preaching because she did that sort of list poem type thing that gets people excited and the audience roared at this part, talking about depression and anxiety and nightmares and seeing things in your room at night, and it was so disappointing and also infuriating for me because you were doing nothing but fueling the fire of people who believe that actual mental health issues and illness do not exist, and if you just trust God, he will bring you through it. We just, we just had someone shoot up a hospital who had a mental illness. We just had, some, we just had two people battling mental illness Eliminate one person on a New York subway. These things are real. These things are real. God gives, God, God is omnipotent. <laughs> he is everywhere at the same time, but he also puts things in front of us to assist us. He gives us tools. And too often we are letting boats pass us by that could save us saying we're waiting on God and we will eventually drown because we didn't take anything that he sent our way. So, yeah, even what Obio said, she ends it all by saying, whatever you got in your home that is a demonic, throw it away, everything you got. Um, and she says something to the effect of, because we are women who are going to love God with all of our heart, all of our minds, and all of our soul, we are not going to imitate the detestable practices of the nations. So, yeah, more biblical language to keep the people fired up. Um, just to bring it full circle, um, just this rhetoric about, you know, you're wondering why you're this, you're wondering why you're that, um, is very much throwing spaghetti at the wall. Mm -hmm. Anxiety is, an, is at an all-time high right now. Mm -hmm. Depression is at an all-time high right now. Mental instability. Um, mm -hmm. And it's because of what we spoke about at the beginning of the episode. People are losing their sense of security. People are losing their minds. We are not far from a pandemic where people have lost people, you know, have lost their sense of normal and are still trying to rebuild. People have lost their businesses. Like we are, you know, people got that that bill in, in the mail about that PPP loan that they had to pay mm -hmm. back. Like these are real things that are happening right now. Um, housing is a difficult situation for so many people. Homelessness is on, you know, yeah. we are living in wild times and people are still getting sick people are still having to deal with the repercussions of people who got sick who they couldn't afford to bury like mm -hmm. you know there's so much happening right now and i think it's so unfair to start to have a sermon and try to place all of this on people light and sage and because what i was going to say what you just made me think of what i can agree on is that we are in a heightened state of instability, whether it had to be mental illness or physical safety, whatever, because we live in a godless world. But hear me out. Not because of the ways 
people who believe in God. Mm. Not because of the people lighting sage. Not because of the people choosing to prioritize relationship. But people who are using God and or not to wreak havoc on his people. We have a godless government that is hinged upon inequity. And so as that man, taking it back full circle, that man who was in the Texas Senate House, he said, we're not presenting bills to feed the sick, to clothe the hungry, to do the things Jesus asked us to do. We're actually wreaking more havoc. We're causing more division. We are pulling resources from people. And so, yes, there's a lot that's going on. There's a lot that people are dealing with, but it's because of a godless government and that claims to be all about God at the same time. So, um, yes, is Christianity deserving of critique? Absolutely. Are are the Beyonce listeners the one that should be getting all this wrath? I, I think the fuck not. But moving on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So, actually, the team from the lot got some wild news this week. And so we had to re-acclimate. No, what? Re-whatever. Reorient our resources. To getting this thing done, this parking lot is going to be insane. Um, I can't tell you too much because I don't want to tell you too much. I wanted to be a surprise. But with that said, we did not shoot a film time this week. But we did want to leave you with some nuggets that we would typically share in a film time. And mine personally is stop asking God if you're good enough. Mm. Stop asking him are you good enough for the things that he bestows upon you now we do tend to wrestle with being good enough for places we want to be that are constantly rejecting us, but that is God telling us he has something else for us. There's something else in store for you. Mm. So when you start to, when these doors start to swing wide open, stop asking if you're good enough. Stop asking what qualifies you. That's all Mm. I have to say. That's good. All I got Mm. is enjoy your walk. Mm. whatever that walk is wherever you're coming from Mm. wherever you're at in it enjoy your walk um i think we spend way too much time especially with social media focusing on other people's walks Mm. and Mm. how it connects to yours um Mm. and well if i gotta do this you gotta do this or how you there Mm. and i'm not there and it's not about that it's about really taking the time to be present with your season, your time, your gift, your thing, your connection, your calling, um, and enjoying that allows you to enjoy everything else around you so much more. Mm. Mm. Ditto. You get on my nerve. The last one. He's going to say same every time. Same. That's good stuff. Praise God. Oh, you're for real. Oh, I was dead. I, I, I was dead serious. <laughs> uh, I, uh, um, I don't know. I think I th- you don't have to have all the answers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think it's funny because my homegirl was. She asked me this question yesterday on the phone. She was like, "Like, are you ever like off?" Mm. And I was like, "Nah. Like, I've been exhausted with a clear day." You know what I mean? Because mm. my mind, my mind is just like in tomorrow. But I'm like trying to tell myself like you ain't gotta have every answer, man. Like life is to be enjoyed, and I think we have 
attach so much anguish and fear and doubt and expectation and it's all these things and I and I, and I say this and this is a personal OBO thing so please don't, don't don't kill me but we're talking about the whole faith without work is dead thing mm. and I've been thinking and praying a lot about how I think that my faith is within I mean I think my work is within like when for me faith without work for me is the inner work I don't mm. think that God is gonna mm-hmm. do a whole bunch in me be as a result of deserving these things I just don't think that's how my God works or our relationship works I think it's a lot about what God wants to use me for and me yeah. just being open to receiving that me being obedient as God directs my life and so again I just say like you might not have all the answers and that's okay I think it's more about just like keeping that ear open and going where you feel directed because mm-hmm. that's what I'm on right now, man. I really don't listen. Y'all know how I rock and roll, mm-hmm. so I'm just also like making my mistakes, trying to get back up when I can, and just I don't know, just kind of committing to not having all the answers and that being okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. where I'm at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Amen. Love that for you. See y'all next week. <laughs> Peace, guys. <laughs> Is that a high? Is there a heart in the house tonight? Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. <laughs> this is this part for me. <laughs> yeah.